Can somebody please stop the music so greatness can speak? Greatness. Greatness. Maybe I inflated her ego there with that compliment on those fishermen. Are you suplex. listening, David McLean? Yes, I am listening. The IQ superior is here. And I have been trying to tell everyone it is not that hard to win. And fear not all of my inferiors, for my in-ring skills are just as good as my out-of-ring skills. You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Welcome to another edition of Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. This is your host, Mr. Green, and we are up to episode 31 of WOW and the Reviews. Thank you for tuning in, and if you have not had the opportunity, please like, share, and subscribe these uh, podcasts, whether you be catching it on YouTube or through Podbean or greater podcast platforms everywhere. And... I know that some people out there still have not been able to view or catch WOW. I know that there are some others out there that's uh, concerned about the new episodes that are coming up. Uh, there's a press release that we posted. Uh, did I post it on the, on the YouTube channel? You know what? I'm, I'm double-checking, make sure I put it on there. I know it's on our Facebook. I know it's on our Instagram. But if you have not read it, it basically comes down to this, that they are due to debut on the 19th of September as I'm recording this. So that is next month. Is it a night? You know, I need to make sure I'm telling the right right information. I might be uh, giving you the wrong stuff. But uh, <clears throat> in any case, go on our Instagram, go on our, our Facebook, and uh, you can see the actual date because I posted the actual press release. Uh, but it it is uh, shortly coming around the corner. The new episode, stuff that they taped months ago. Which, if you've listened to me review WoW for any length of time, you know that I'm not a real fan of that. I'm not a fan of them taping and then show, showing the stuff later. And look, there's nothing wrong with taping matches and showing it later. Lots of rustic promotions do it. Taping matches and showing it nine months after the fact, however, that I, I tend to have a little bit of a problem with because it's not TV. It's not a sitcom. It's not uh, a TV drama. It's not The Walking Dead. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's not Bob Hart's Abishola or The Neighborhood or, or you know, I'm trying to think of some current sitcom or whatever. It's not FBI. It's not FBI most. It's not stuff like that. Those shows you can you can tape them and put them in the can. Wrestling doesn't work that way. It is hard to do wrestling that way. Wrestling isn't perceived that way. But this is how they do it, and you know that is uh, their choice. So 
maybe, maybe things will change as it uh, goes along. In any case, uh, check those out, uh, and you can see when exactly they're going to be popping up. Uh, hopefully that you'll be able to enjoy those if you have not or, or you're not in the area that's going to be showing it because honestly I was trying to get a hold of the list of where it is going to be aired I know that they say they're going to be in a lot of places across the country but they haven't announced the list and the only place that I know of for certain that is airing is on KCAL in uh, California the independent television station in California that is the only place that I know for absolute certain that is going to be airing. Any place else, to the best of my knowledge, is up in the air. I have sent requests in. I've had, I have asked for the list, uh, but those have not been produced. So I have no information for you, and I apologize. I try my best to get this stuff so that uh, you don't be left in the dark about whether you're actually in the area that can view it or not. I know there were some people outside of the country. Who was saying, hey, you know, uh, are we going to be able to watch this? And unfortunately for you, um, I can't remember this gentleman's name. He contacted me on Facebook, but uh, he said, do you know if this is going to be airing in the UK? And as, as far as I can tell on the release, they are going to be outside of the country, but they did not specifically say the UK or, or if they were, where in the UK is going to air. So, I mean, it, it, a lot of this is up in the air, and I know that they're, they're very proud, and they should be, of the, uh, the the releases that they have and the uh, places that they're going to run. And, you know, it, it's going to be great for them. I just wish that they would be more forthcoming with that information. This has always been an issue, in my view, with WOW, that they do not produce information as well or as quickly as they should. Uh, but as far as us, you know, like I said at the beginning, is like, share, subscribe. You know, this does help us and help the channel. It helps us grow. It helps us continue on. And uh, to not only produce podcasts like this, but sometimes actually bring you a couple of matches. Some of which have gone on to work at WOW. <laughs> well, there's a lot of matches that I have in my archives of people who have gone on to work at WOW. So fancy that. So you can help provide the next superstar or superhero, if we're going to use WoW's branding term, uh, to their their company. If you uh, start with us now, they may be with WoW later. So who knows? Anyway, we're going to go jump right into the uh, episode. This is episode 31, almost at the end, folks. And I don't think it's necessary for me to go into what they did at the beginning. If you've listened to this enough, you know that their format really doesn't change. Um, this has been basically the same format for, ooh, I'd say, if you include the hiatuses, about five years. So, <clears throat> we start with a recap of how the uh, tag team title match comes to be. Uh, which which is essentially the Darlings versus Adrenaline and Fire. Adrenaline and Fire being the current and reigning champions. You know them as Kira Hogan and Diamante. And they go back and they, they address all the things that the Darlings had done, you know, the pranks and so on and so forth, and uh, bringing the, the championship belts over to Jesse Jones, who we know as Jesse Bell, as a, uh, a peace offering, so to speak, and, and, and an apology to her for stealing her boots and her partner's boots when they were up for in the tournament as well. Uh, 
Um, the voiceover is saying some people are upset at how they got the title shot. I'm, I'm not sure why. Uh, I know that they're trying to portray the Darlings and Jesse Jones as the heels here. But I, I put down in my notes, I'm not sure why that they would say that when what they had they had to win a, a number one contenders match. That they, it wasn't like they were gifted this this championship match because they brought the belts back. They brought the belts back, and Jesse said, "Hey, look, you know we brought them back. You know now, granted, th- th- these belts were stolen. Okay, so I understand that aspect of it." But she brings him back right into the ring. Hey, we brought him back. We know we deserve a, you know, one good turn deserves another. Why don't you give us a title shot? Of course, David McClain, well, you know, I'll give you a title shot. Provided that you can beat this other team, then I'll make you the number one contender. Then you can get your title shot, which is exactly what they did. Now, so the theft of the belts did not get them a championship match immediately. The theft of the belts got them a number one contenders match which they went and won so and, and yes they, they did cheat to do it but I mean come on they healed so I'm, I'm not exactly sure why they, they did they went through a number one contenders match and in a company where the contendership is kind of up and down anyway I'm not sure where the, the problem is uh, segment two features a vignette with Adriana Gambino which is, you know, uh, if I can borrow a line from Shane Douglas, this is another character from Cartoon Land. Uh, she's a mob boss daughter persona, and this is her debut. And the first thing that I wrote when I saw that this is going to be her debut match is I bet she loses. We'll get back to that in a second. So this is her debut, and they are hinting at her, that she has crime family connections. Going into segment three, Gambino versus Slays uh, in a basic wild match. Nothing fast-paced here, nothing bad, but, you know, nothing uh, over the top. Uh, the one thing I will say is that Steffi Slays has improved. She seems to be coming along. She seems to be, uh, you know, developing a stronger personality. She seems to be more comfortable in the ring, not doing the standard uh, wow, fighting stance and all that stuff like that. She looks like she is getting comfortable in the shoes, or should I say, the boots of being a pro wrestler. And I like that. I like it. I do like it, because I think that she has no place to go but up if she really put herself into this. Which is another reason why I was like, I hope that some of these girls, the ones who only trained with Wow specifically. Take the time to maybe take an independent booking here or there. Maybe. It'll help. You know, it'll, it'll help give them some, uh, uh, the feel of, of being a wrestler outside of being a wild superhero. And I, I keep coming back to this because the point was so fantastic when she said it. Now, this is, you know, just between me and her, the, the jungle girl at the time. Uh, she was basically saying that we was talking about her run in 2000 and, uh, and how she kind of transitioned from WoW in that era to the independent circuit for about two years. Um, she was saying that WoW had taught her all the moves, which was you know true. It taught her all the all the moves. She taught, she said it taught her how to 
you know, take a hit, give a hit, slam, be slammed, so on and so forth, but it didn't tell her the why. When she got on the independent circuit, that's when she learned the why. Why am I doing this? Why am I going for this body part? Why, why, why am I running away? She started to learn the psychology of it. And that is what I think that slaves probably would need. To go somewhere else, it doesn't mean ditch wild because I know that all the wild girls are fiercely loyal to wild. I haven't figured that out, out why, but they're fiercely loyal to wild. So that doesn't mean ditch wild. But if you got time, you know, take, take a booking in Southern California. Do a match out there or so and just, you know, get the feel for, for what the wrestling is and the psychology of wrestling. So, Because it, it's only going to make you better in the ring. I'm talking directly to her now. It's only going to make you better in the ring. <laughs> so in any case, um, Slays wins with a victory roll. We're not going through the play-by-play here. And lo and behold, and, and Adriana Gambino loses on her debut like normal. This is a ridiculous thing that WoW does over and over and over again. You can set your watch to it. If anybody is debuting on that show, it is just a guarantee that they're going to lose. Is this, I mean, uh, you might have had one person that, that got around that, I think Venomous maybe. But outside of that, like everybody else, they just come in there and lose. Which I'm not entirely sure why we're introducing these new characters, and I'll use the term characters for this program. I'm not entirely sure why we're introducing these new characters when the season's about to wrap up. You know, it'd be different if they were just an ongoing wrestling promotion. But they're, they're done. You know, e- even if they had another season coming immediately after this, they were done. This woman is being introduced like two-thirds of the way into this season to have a single match, lose, and disappear. And this is not the first time Wild done it. Some people have come there. They've come out with these characters, they go out to the ring, make their presence known, lose, and then they're never heard from again. Like, I forget whatever this little, that Swedish, the Krampus, is something like that. there was some wrestler that came out in WoW that was dressed like that, and I forget what they called her, I mean, but but that's what basically what it was, is like the, the Krampus, and she went and lost, and then she Boom, she's gone. Never heard from again. No no signs of return, anything. And this is what happens with them. They just come out as fodder for the next person, take a beating, and then they go away. And especially, this, this made a little sense to me, particularly, especially, given this long vignette that they have for, for her preceding the match. They gave her the superstar treatment coming into the match only for her to go right in there and lose. I mean, if if we're trying to make a star here, if we're trying to make a new superhero, if we're trying to create this this new uh, persona to come in and be taken seriously, why would I have her lose immediately? She's going to lose eventually. She didn't have to lose now. 
And I know, hey, look, everybody's debut doesn't have to be a win either. I, I understand that. Everybody's debut does not have to walk out and, hey, I win. You know? But 90% of the time, they don't have to be eating a pinfall either. Uh, segment four, Samantha Smart and the disciplinarian are having a, a meditation session. And... Essentially, what this does is it transitions into Smart saying that she's going to, you know, get into the ring and that she's going to be the disciplinarian's partner. Uh, this was interesting, to say the least. Now, there is an interview that I have with uh, Samantha Smart. You can go on to our uh, channels, uh, social media, and you can find that very easily if you want to hear her words, why she didn't start off as a wrestler to begin with, how she got involved in WoW, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But here she is uh, wrestling, and I have air quotes around wrestling for the first time. This is segment five. And going into the ring, we had the disciplinarian sent Samantha Smart versus Sassy Massey and Chantilla Chella. I still think that's a stupid name. It'll be named after a festival, but I digress. We'll move on. From the fields of the Coachella Music Festival, what does that even mean? It's a stupid hometown with a stupid name. <sighs> Anyhow, three of the four are, have working wrestling experience. This was a glorified handicap match. The disciplinarian did most of the work in the ring. She's taken on both members of you know, Sassy Massey and Chantilla Chella. And when it got down to a point where the disciplinarian had pretty much created control and settled things down, Smart tags herself in at the end, performs a cradle suplex, and pins Chella. It was a beautiful cradle suplex. It was just wonderful uh, execution on that. But we still have no idea how good Samantha Smart is, just based on this. In fact, all this made me think of was how they work Lana Starr in WoW also. Because the same rules essentially apply. Lana can't get too physical. She can be there on the apron, and you know they can legally say or they can publicly say, "Hey, it's a tag match with Lana Star and whomever." But by and large, she doesn't participate in the match, and she may come in and do a pin or a slap or something like that, and then tag herself back out. This was exactly that. Samantha Smart stood out on the apron for the bulk of this match, while. The disciplinarian, or Robin Reed, who some of y'all may know or remember from Reality of Wrestling. She's a former Reality of Wrestling uh, two-time women's champion, which I think they called it Diamonds Championship, if I remember correctly. She has experience. She knows what she's doing. Uh, she's worked across the independent circuit as well. So it is. this is not something new for her. Uh, her record in WoW is pretty bad. But, again, not something new for her. And, and in this team, she's got to win, even though she wasn't directly responsible for the pin. Uh, this 
it, it, like I said, it, it was a glorified handicap match. I, I can't really describe it much differently than that. Disciplinarian does the work. Smarts comes in, tags, makes the pin, one, two, three. Like I said, beautiful cradle suplex or perfect plex as they like, you know, you know to uh, mention uh, legends like Kurt Henning, um, a.k.a. Mr. Perfect. Uh, the, is this a rift in the team? It seems as if that this would be leading towards that with uh, Smart coming in and tagging herself in and that uh, uh, basically stealing victory from her own partner. But whether it will become that or not is another story. This is, and I, I, I hate to kick a dead horse, but I'm going to kick it a couple more times with my steel toe boots. This is another one of those things I said that you know, Wild needs to fix. Because you got this angle that started up. You got this these two, Samantha Smart and the Disciplinarian, who have been paired off essentially from day one. And now we got this uh, rift seemingly taking place. And we've only got this match to show for it. And there's only one other episode to show for it. So in the best case scenario, they might have a match or a vignette or both in episode 32 that might go further about what they're doing. But, you know, if they don't, then this is just left hanging. And it's been left hanging for about two plus years at this point. Will they even bother to take the time to pick this angle up and readdress it? That is the question. It has been a long time. What are, what are we going to do with this? How, why are we going to talk about this This angle is, is, is over? Does anybody even remember it? You know, was it was it any point to it going anywhere? All of those things, yeah, we'll, we'll find out, I guess, in about a month or so. But, yeah, if they didn't have these hiatuses, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. That's all I can say. Segment six has Venomous. And Serpentine in a vignette with Sofia Lopez. The note that I put here was why. This is a heel versus heel match. And where is this going to go? I'm not opposed to heel versus heel or babyface versus babyface, provided that it has some sort of end game to it. To just have a heel versus heel or babyface versus babyface match for the sake of having it doesn't really do much. And it doesn't feel like it's doing much here. Why are we having this match? For what reason do we have these two taking on each other? It's not part of a tournament. They're not going for a number one contendership. They're not you know, fighting for the favor of, of uh, the managerial services of Sofia Lopez or something like that. And it's not really ever explained. It's just, hey, guys, here's Sofia Lopez, and she's bringing Serpentine out, and they're taking on Venomous. You know, that, that's pretty much it. It doesn't, doesn't really talk more than that. And so, yes, uh, that is why my notes, I have why. What, what is this for? You go into the next segment, which is the actual match. Uh, Venomous overpowers Serpentine more or less throughout this entire thing. Um, 
That is until Serpentine is able to outquick her. And she does have a flurry. She has a moment where she's able to get around her, where she's able to outquick her, outmaneuver, and things of that. But ultimately, Venomous wins clean. There's no cheating involved. There's no messed up distraction. There's none of that. It's just Venomous wins. Uh, again, not opposed to a heel versus heel match. I'm not even opposed to Venomous, uh, you know, being there. But here's what I would have liked to have seen. We've already seen Venomous get a match against the Beast earlier in the season. Um, and it was fine because Venomous was somewhat portrayed as the first real threat to the Beast. And as well executed as that was, I thought they did it too early. It would have been something else to be down to this, where we're down to, you know, episode 31, possibly 32, and we say, all right, it is finally going to happen. It's Venomous versus the Beast. But, you know, that that match got blown off, and it got blown off relatively quickly, and they're probably not going to go back to it. It's just dust in the wind at this point, and I don't get it. I would have liked to see Venomous... Um, be able to be perceived as a major threat. And she, at this point, is not. Uh, Segment eight, we go back into another vignette, recapping, again, the history of the Darlings' pranks and how they obtained the title match and how they hooked up with Jesse Jones. This is all stuff that you know, but I will give credit where credit is due. They are building for the big match. They're building for the main event. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with them building for the big match. I'm fine with them building for the main event. Uh, you know, And uh, the fact that they gave it this much time, outside of having something like uh, some, what, what do they call those, the streamers. I, I don't know how many of you out there are familiar with Ring of Honor. But if you remember, like in some of the main events, they would throw like streamers in the ring. ECW did that too sometimes. They would throw streamers in or banners or, you know, stuff like that. You know, maybe have a special ring announcement. Something to help illustrate the big fight feel. But the, the vignettes and the recapping of it does help build towards this main event that they're getting to. I just wish they had an icing on the cake. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong that they don't have it, but it would have been nice if, if they had that just that little icing on the cake. Could have been could have been great. Um, <clears throat> segment nine. It is the tag team title match, Fire and Adrenaline versus Jesse Jones and one of them, <laughs> one of the, the, the darlings, is either Jolene or Jolene. I can't tell them apart, so I'm not gonna sit here and try, but. Uh, I don't. I won't say angle alert, but uh, angle alert. <laughs> I can't think of another way to really phrase it. The second that I saw this combination of the two, okay, so let, let's go back a second here. Uh, when they won the number one contenders match, they did essentially the same thing. They had Jesse Bell, sorry, Jesse Jones, as she's known on Wow. They had Jesse Jones, and they had one of the darlings ringside and the other one in her corner. So 
We knew what was going to happen. It was going to be the twin switch that they were going to utilize at some point because of how they had the match structure. It is it's screaming that. And that's what this is here. When I saw that, okay, the, the two of the three that they picked is Jesse Jones and one of the darlings. I was like, this is screaming for a twin switch. And we know it's coming. No surprise here. Um, this was essentially a two-on-three match. The darlings swapped in and out during the tag. It would just kind of roll out to the floor. They would uh, kind of hug each other and and turn and kind of switch around. So you wouldn't see or I guess technically you wouldn't know which one was getting back into the ring. I thought this was perfectly fine. I thought, you know, all of this was good. Uh, it is it's the free bird rule. What can I say? You know, any two members of our team can wrestle for the team. And this is what we have of being applied here. Now, they never said that. They never said, hey, they're using the Freebird rule or, you know, something like that. But just watching on TV, they're allowing it. So what else can you say? They're allowing the use of the Freebird rule. <clears throat> and I also have to say this is one that I have wanted to see somebody do for a while, even though they have a different spin on it. This is kind of what was going on with the Jersey Triad. For those of you not familiar with the Jersey Triad, that was a team out of WCW, former tag team champions, featuring Canyon, Bam Bam Bigelow, and of course the leader of the pack, Diamond Dallas Page. Those were the Jersey Triad because all of them were from Jersey. But the thing that made the Jersey Triad interesting, the thing that made them good as a team, and I wish they had had more time to really utilize this, is that the Jersey Triad had a spin on the Freebird rule. So it was always three of them at ringside, but they would actively swap members during the match. So if you had Kangan on the floor and DDP and Bam Bam being the active tag team members, they would go in, do the thing, wrestle a little while. DDP might get hurt. He'd tag out. Bam Bam would come in, but then he would go to the floor, then Kane would pop up on the apron. So now you have Kangan and Bam Bam, and DDP is the corner man, and they would just keep rotating out like that. I always thought that that was a, a good shtick, and I couldn't understand why nobody else bothered to use it. This is the closest that I've seen to somebody bothering to use it. But in their universe... And, you know, you have to give the credit where credit is due. In, in their universe, in the wild universe, this works because they got the darlings and they don't have to say that, uh, hey, we're just actively swapping in and out. They just go down and one of them comes up, the other one stays down. And, and which one is who is anybody's guess. So without them trying, they have created, well, they're, they're applying the Freebird rule with the Jersey Triad twist and i love it i loved it uh especially considering that you know all due respect to the darlings but they're probably pretty limited in the ring right now uh that that this is not something that they do for a living this is not what they do day to day they, they probably would get much better much like i said with slaves if they just continue on 
and wrestle a little bit more often uh, with some other people, you know, and, and get used to the, the idea of doing stuff behind the referee's back, you know, make, make a challenge for yourself. Let, let's get this to where we can do it with, you know, where he's legit not aware that we're, we're switching in and out. You know, that those things, again, they help. They help with the psychology. They help with their performance. They help them get better. And I can only hope that they will uh, heed that and maybe try it at some point, although I doubt that they will. So anyway, um, the other thing that I need to note out is that fire and adrenaline have good chemistry. They they are very good in the ring, but I don't expect differently because, hey, you know, they're, they're tag partners in the ring and the tag partners out. So, you know, they're probably best friends in life at this point. So them having good chemistry is not a shocker. However, despite the good chemistry that uh, Fire and Adrenaline had, ultimately they ended their championship reign losing to Jesse Jones and the Darlings, Jolene and Jolene. That is correct. There are new wild tag team champions or I don't know. <laughs> they're they're tattooed they're tattooed gems. Uh, uh, new is a relative term because given that this was taped two years ago, <laughs> I don't know if I would really call them new. But anyway, they they did win. That's that's the point. And the tag team championships are no longer with fire and adrenaline. So Jones and the Darlings leave. They are they now have the belts and they now are officially declared the tag team champions and they are out of there. And again, I thought this was a good showcasing, a good match, uh, considering the participants involved. Uh, like I said, I know the Darlings are probably not in the position that a fire or an adrenaline or Jesse Jones is in where they're going to sit there and give you a 15, 20 minute wrestling match. Then no, they, they can't do that. So they kind of rely on the things that they can do that they, they can do some of the, the basic maneuvers, the basic moves. And of course they can do the old twin switch or as the WWE used to call it twin magic. Cause they got to brand everything, but they didn't create that. That's been going on in wrestling for some time. So, they uh, they win and they pronounce Jesse Jones and the Darlings win and they leave. And David McLean comes into the ring and he's carrying on about how uh, Fire and Adrenaline got cheated and and uh, they deserve a rematch and so on and so forth. So we see the setup here. For Fire and Adrenaline to get a second, well, a rematch to potentially win back the championships. That they did lose, but they, they lost with controversy. I am perfectly fine with that. I'm all for that. Now, that would make sense to me. That, that The rematch there, the desire to get back in the ring against them, that makes absolute sense to me. Not like what I got with the Psycho Sisters and Evil Inc., as I call them. That's been going on for so long, and nobody's won. It's just been one DQ and no contest and thrown out match after the other. 
uh, it's just dragging at this point. Whereas this, I could certainly get behind. I could, I can see and understand the reasons that Fire and Adrenaline would want this rematch. They were cheated. They know they were cheated, and we we need to get get back in the ring with them and right this wrong. And that's that's great of them. So I don't know if it's going to happen in this next episode, episode thirty-two, or not. But it is due to happen. We will see. And finally, I pointed this out in the last podcast where I was saying that, you know what, uh, Exile and Jesse Jones and the Darlings are starting to carry a very similar dynamic. The dynamic of the veteran with the two rookies. And like I said, I know I, I talked about this last podcast, but I just want to Re, kind of rehash it a bit is that uh, I think that the Darlings and Jesse Jones are somewhat taking their spot. I mean, they haven't been there long, and yeah, it's it's it's, it's cool to have those things that you know the the veteran and the and the rookies because they probably need it. Exile needs Malaya Hosaka. And the Darlings need Jesse Jones. Hopefully, they will actually learn something from them individually. My only issue there is that they, those two teams are pretty much building and carrying the same shtick. Um, I would like to have seen some difference between the two. I mean, Exile... Exile probably should have been in the position that the Darlings were in in this episode. They probably should have been the ones challenging for it. And you would think with them attacking the tag team champions that that's what they would be aiming for or trying to get into a feud with them. Nope. I mean, that was that was one of the complaints because once the champions came back and they had that one match, it's like, okay, we're done. <laughs> just They just kind of moved on. And now Exile is pretty aimless. They don't have the focus that they did when they first got there. Uh, whereas the Darlings were focused by Jesse Jones. So they were able to get to this point, and now they've got championship titles underneath them because they listened. Go figure. So that's going to be it. For this episode and this review, wow, episode 31, there's only one more to go. And I am wondering, will we see the the tag team rematch on there? The only thing I know for certain is that there should be Tessa Blanchard versus The Beast for the wild championship. And where is that going to go? Ah, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, I'm really uh, starting to think about formally making a video pertaining to what I think WoW should be doing. Uh, certainly something to, to uh, ponder over. I think I, I may give that a shot <clears throat> because there's a lot of things that I feel like WoW just as a company slash promotion should at least give a try to or consideration of. They don't have to do it, but at least give it a little consideration. And uh, I, I'm thinking that I would like to make that video and I probably am going to make that video. Uh, hopefully, I can do it and make it before uh, WoW pops up on our TV screens, wherever that may happen to be. So, 
Well, that is the rundown for WoW episode 31. I hope that you enjoyed it if you have not had a chance to watch it yourself. But if you are, um, I I would just limit this to America. So if you are stateside, uh, the U.S., for those out of the country, um, it would be... If if you're stateside... (laughs) To watch these shows, go on to CW app. I wanted to make sure that I got that out before I forgot to do it because I didn't say it at the beginning. Uh, if you want to see everything that I reviewed and you hear, go on to the CW app or go on to Pluto. And you can go into their uh, uh, on demand on either app and you can find all these episodes. Uh, they're listed as season one, even though I don't agree how they, they title it, but... Um, you're looking probably about episode 20 on down for all those things that never made air on television. So, excuse me. You can go on, like I said, onto the CW app, or you can go onto Pluto TV and go onto their uh, uh, on-demand services. You can find that. If you're outside of the country and you're not stateside, then you may want to consider using the VPN and changing your location so that you are able to watch it and speaking of that uh if you're not eligible to see these shows because you're in some location or uh outside the country or whatever the case may be and the wow is not going to air i would keep my eyes open for the on the cw because they tend to drop the episodes the things that they just aired um on their their uh app into the archives so you may be able to catch it there. You know, you might have to get a VPN again to kind of parody the location in the world that you're standing when you're watching it, but it could work. Uh, I would just keep my eyes out for it, maybe test that, you know, so you'll be prepared when it does come through. So uh, with that said, that is it, folks. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to this uh, review of WoW Superheroes Episode 30, the unaired season. And I am, uh, I'm sorry, not episode 30. I am past episode 30. Episode 31. I forgot, only got one more left to go. So let me try that again. Thank you for tuning in for episode 31 of WoW Superheroes. One more, one more down, one more to go. And, uh, if you get the opportunity, let me repeat, like, share, subscribe. It helps the channel. It helps us grow and uh, helps to bring you uh, bigger and better content, whether that be podcasts, video games, live matches, and more. <clears throat> You're uh, supporting this with liking it, giving this a thumbs up, or whatever the case may be. helps the algorithms well, wherever you are so that people can find it. And when people find it, it helps... You know, whatever ad revenues that we may get, that keeps this thing moving along. So with that, folks, again, thanks for tuning in. And this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long. And we will see you on the next go round. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. 
If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.